Welcome to Scholastic Reads, our podcast about books, authors, and the joy and power of reading. I'm your host, Suzanne McCabe, Editor-at-Large at Scholastic. Thank you for joining us. Today, author Tammy Charles joins me to talk about her latest book, Muted. The YA novel in verse introduces readers to three aspiring musicians, Denver, Dali, and Shock. The gifted Black teens are coping with high school, family, and friends in Shahola, a mostly white town in rural Delaware Valley. The girls have dreams of taking the music world by storm. They get their first big break when they meet Sean Mercury Ellis, the undisputed king of R&B. But Merck has other ideas for them. This clip of Tammy reading from Muted sets up their dilemma. Studio time with Merck ended with, one, a promise. We'll hook up again after my next show, okay? Two, a question. Y'all ever thought about moving to Atlanta? That's the music capital of the world. Three, a request. Let's keep our arrangement on the low. I'll hit y'all up in a couple weeks. And finally, the strangest of them all. Four, a tape. Panasonic, VHSC. Tiny holder of a night filled with magic, music, murk, us. But what in the Flintstone hunk of junk is this? Shaq laughed soon as Merck placed it in her hand. I was wondering what the deal was with that old-school camcorder. I laughed, too, tapping Dali, but she didn't crack a smile. Girls, I don't live my life on the cloud. Tammy is no stranger to the music scene. In her teens and early 20s, she tasted fame with an all-girl R&B group. She found her voice. But as the title of her book suggests, not everyone does. Muted amplifies the voices and the promise of black and brown girls while painting a harrowing picture of the abuse and violence many suffer in silence. A former classroom teacher, Tammy is also the author of the New York Times best-selling picture book, All Because You Matter, a love letter to her young son. Here is author Tammy Charles. Hi, Tammy. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Okay, for starters, please tell our listeners about Muted and about 17-year-old Denver, the intrepid teen heroine. Yes. Okay, so Muted is the story of three best friends, Denver, Shaq, and Dali. And together they have this big dream of being superstars, R&B superstars. Um, they are determined to change the world with their music. I think Denver's a little bit more determined. <laughs> than yes, <even> <laughs> I would um, agree. <laughs> uh, but the question becomes, will following their music dreams uh, let them soar or will it break them? Denver tells the story on a plane ride home. Talk about the structure of the book and how you came to tell the story in flashbacks in the form of poetry. Yeah. So when I first set out to write this story, 
This was back in like 2014. And I had written, it was, it was the same shell where the main character was telling, retelling the story on a plane ride home of how she tried to become famous and got in a world of trouble with her family in the pursuit of doing that. Um, so that kind of stayed, but the difference was when I wrote it, then it was just straight text paragraph format. And my character wanted to just be a star all around, not a singer, but just like all the things, singing, dancing, acting. So I just, the story just wasn't working for me for a while. Like I would start and stop and shelve it. Fast forward, when the Me Too movement started really gaining traction, coupled with an editor who saw a fun fact listed on my website, oh, Tammy used to be in a singing group. If she ever writes a novel about that, I'd like to read it. And then, you know, sparks started to uh, to fly there because it is a world that I was involved in during my teen years and in my early 20s. And I said, okay, this main character needs to be in a singing group. And for some reason, once I shifted, everything came so easily. Why? Well, because... That was the life that I was in back in my teen years. And I knew I had to put it in poetry because Denver is a songwriter. I wanted the book. I wanted to write something so different than I'd ever done. And I said, well, this is a chance for me to show my my songwriting chops and really just dial back to some teenage memory. So I changed everything over to verse I included original music, but to really give it like a grander metaphor, I put her on the plane ride home where she's retelling this story. But what I wanted was I wanted each part of an airport experience to align with whatever was going on in her life. So when you go to the airport, first thing you do is check in, right? So the beginning of the book, she's checking into her dreams. It's the beginning. And then after check-in, you go through security in the airport. But also within this part of the story, she is now secure with these promises that Merck has made to make her a star. So I just kind of played with structure in that way so that it had a double meaning. Tell us who Merck is. Merck. Oh, yes. Well, Merck is he is the legendary king of R&B who has promised these girls the world. He hears them sing. He pretends like he's not impressed at first, but he truly was impressed. And he has the power and the money and the fame to to bring them to the next level. So he's the one that kind of takes on that mentor role. But it also becomes something where he manipulates the girls along the way. Could you read an excerpt of the book for us? Absolutely. So one of my favorite poems in the book is on page 203. And I think that this particular poem really defines how Denver sees herself. Denver is so confident and she knows what she wants out of life. And by this point in the story, She has already ran away from home to follow her dream. And this is what she realizes when she 
is all in with Merck. Moving in with Merck felt like some kind of reality show where the most disciplined, most focused ended up the winner. Grand prize set for life, which wasn't far off from how things were for the La Flores back home. That whole hashtag work hard, hashtag team no sleep philosophy instilled since birth. So if hard work was what it was going to take to make it to the top, then that's exactly what I'd serve up. Black girl mixed with grit, stardust, spice, magic. And you could relate to Denver because of your own experiences. Tell us what it was like for you when you were a teen singing on the road. I always try to to approach those memories and the, the retelling of those memories with such sensitivity because if it were if it were just me, that'd be one thing. But there were three of us. And uh so I, I try to try to remain as respectful as possible to my other two uh, group mates. But speaking from my own experience, I remember long hours in the studio. I remember being totally obsessed with finding our next gig, our next show, our next fill in the blank. I was, I remember always being on the hunt. This was, this was in the late nineties and the market was saturated with R&B singing groups. So it was very hard to get to be seen and get heard like Denver wants in this particular book. But very much like Denver, you know, I wrote songs. We all wrote songs. I loved writing songs, but I was also a little stubborn like Denver. I was a teenager. I thought I knew everything. And, um, you know, I had my parents for sure in my corner, but they were a little tough too kind of like Denver's parents are in this particular book. Um, so I identified with quite a bit of what Denver goes through, seeing how easy it is to fall in this rabbit hole called the music industry. I, I know exactly what that looks like. I imagine, and you allude to this in the afterword, that this was not an easy book to write just from the emotional, the intense emotions could you take us on that journey a little bit as you were writing and and what it was like going from poem to poem and, and really running the gamut of every emotion? Oh, gosh. So, yeah, I remember when when I was in a singing group and we were really trying to get out there. You know what it felt like? It felt like a roller coaster. We would have these moments where, you know, we would... We would sing for boys to men and, and we'd be convinced this is it. <laughs> we have made it. We are going to the Grammys and then boom, that moment is done with. And now, now we're at a low. So I, I really wanted to craft the novel in that way to really show how intense the journey can be. In the music industry, there are it's a roller coaster. There's so many highs. Just when you think that you've done it, that you've made it, here comes a low. Here comes the next thing that knocks you down. But even through that, I wanted Denver to be hopeful. And I didn't want these lows to knock her all the way down. I still wanted her to see herself as a talented, 
and, and worthy. And partway through the novel, uh, once she realizes, man, I've really kind of shed a lot of myself, a lot of my own self-control here. She realizes she has to reclaim her power. That's when the writing for me, even though I knew the ending, I knew the arc of the story, but that's when I felt a lot more empowered because she knew exactly what she was going to do to get herself out of this situation. And she still believed that even without Merck, she was still going to find a way to the top. That shines through. She's really an artist. I mean, she's a a great artist. She's navigating this world, finding her voice. How did you find your voice and the courage to write? This is extraordinary odyssey for you. Wow. Thank you. Um, You know, I think a lot of authors like myself, authors of color growing up, loved books, loved stories, loved writing, but we all have that same feeling that we didn't think that we could be authors. Like I didn't think I could be an author. So, so I just grew up and, you know, I tried the singing thing that didn't work out. And then I became a teacher, which is in my blood. (laughs) My mom, (laughs) my mom is an educator. So, and that was wonderful, but I have to say, I really didn't find my voice as a writer until I started teaching because I didn't think I could, I didn't think that was, there was a space for me. But when I started reading incredible books with my students, and then we would write our own stories and I would shyly, you know, share mine. Um, they were the ones who gave me the green light and they're like, Miss Charles, you have to publish this. <laughs> so it was kind of like that little spark of inspiration and who knew that it could come from a group of fifth graders? That's so wonderful. It's the reverse of the usual story where the yeah. teacher encourages the student. Absolutely. Some students would ask to stay in from recess to read my stories because they were fully invested. I also think they got a kick out of whipping out the red pen and like marking up my work because I did that to them. So they, I don't know, some kind of sweet revenge. <laughs> but it was definitely the kick in the butt that I needed. I, I, loved their feedback because in the end, they're who I'm writing for. So that's how I found my voice. Oh, what a great, great story. Now, Muted is for young adults, as we know, but there's also a message I thought in the book or a cautionary tale maybe for parents about raising strong girls. I wondered what signals do even the most dedicated, loving parents sometimes miss in, in their children? So, you know, I, I'm going to uh, put myself in a corner here. So I have a son and, and I actually wrote a book dedicated to him, All Because You Matter, and which tackles some other very important topics uh, in our society. But during this pandemic, I've realized that I have missed a couple of signs myself with my own child. And I think that children probably speak the loudest when they say nothing. And it's in those moments of silence that we as parents really have to observe what is the message here? What are they trying to tell me? And as recently as like in the past week or so, I've noticed 
that this virtual learning atmosphere is not the easiest for my son. So maybe I need to be a little bit more hands-off and listen a lot more. And maybe just as a teacher, I couldn't help it. I've, I've just been on his case the whole time, you know. <laughs> but this is his first pandemic. I got to go easy on him. And, and always make sure that I'm leaving room for joy, room for mistakes, room for him to learn on his own. Maybe he needs to fail a little bit and pick himself back up. And, and not me just being this helicopter mom at all times. So I'm, I'm still learning and growing. And I think these are the kinds of signals that parents can pick up on is to put your child in the driver's seat just a little bit and see how they do. And be there if they fall. <laughs> Always be there. That is great advice, Tammy. All Because You Matter is a best-selling picture book. So I, I really want to just have you tell our listeners a little bit about the story if they're not familiar with it. Sure. All Because You Matter, it is, it is part love letter, part anthem, you know, a real, a real message to children particularly children like my son, children of color, children from marginalized backgrounds, and of course, all children, to, to realize that they come from greatness. I wanted, I wanted my son to know that when I wrote the book. There were things popping up in the headlines that he was seeing, questions that he had. And these questions were about the injustices against people of color, young people of color who very much looked like him. So I, I know I needed to write something that could kick off conversation. But for us to have these tough talks, which they're never going to stop, I think we'll always have these tough talks. I wanted to come from a place of love and remind him that he matters that there's a place for him in this world and that he is worthy of respect and capable of reciprocating it as well. How has he responded to the book? Oh, he thinks he's famous. His picture's on the cover. He's done, you know, he's done events with Jason Reynolds. I mean, this kid is flying high. He loves the attention. That is just great. It's such a beautiful book. As you said, I mean, some of it comes from, obviously, the very painful headlines, much in the way that Muted has this feeling of being ripped from the headlines, you yes. know, but it also, you also feel like you're listening to a record album, you're reading poetry. What research and reading did you do in order to tell that story? So I had never written a novel in verse prior to Muted. It just seemed like such scary territory for me. Even though I read a lot of verse and I read a lot of poetry, I wanted, I definitely wanted it to feel like an album. So I dialed into some of my old songwriting habits. The research, I, I read quite a bit of verse novels, some that I had already read, but I just, this time I read it with a, with a different eye. I love Kwame Alexander's work, love Elizabeth Acevedo. So I, I like read and reread Margarita Engel is one of my favorite poets. So I, I read her work, Joy Harjo and Rupi Kaur and Amanda Lovelace. Their poetry is just so striking that you read these, there's these like little tiny poems, such small words, but such big impact. So for, 
for the flow, I read those to kind of get myself in it. And of course, Maya Angelou, always Maya Angelou. Yes. Um, but I also listened to a lot of music, particularly albums that felt like from the very first song to the very last song, there's a story there. So I listened to India Ari, who the book opens with India Ari. They, they're singing an India Ari song, Beautiful Surprise. Um, I thought that was very um, appropriate for how they are surprised shortly after that by meeting Merck. And I listened to Jill Scott and the, the Miseducation of Lauren Hill is a classic 90s album that you can play every song and, and you won't want to skip anything. It tells a story from start to end. So those were my inspirations. As you mentioned, you come from a long line of educators. Your mom was a principal. You were a teacher. In the book, too, you talk about how the girls, the three aspiring singers are in class and they're really not learning things that are all that meaningful to them. Let's say they don't see authors of color yeah. in their syllabus. What, what books, what were some of the favorite books you shared with your students and now you're sharing with your son that really helped them see themselves reflected positively? So I'm going to shout out some authors who, when I was teaching and, and I was filling up my bookshelves with, with their books because they have multiple books, it was, that was the light bulb. Like, where were these books when I was 12 years old? <laughs> <laughs> and now my now my students get to read them. Like, how wonderful is that? Um, again, Kwame Alexander, uh, Jacqueline Woodson, Carol Boston Weatherford, Meg Medina, uh, Margarita Engel, uh, Guadalupe Garcia McCall, and and most recently, my son loves Jerry Craft. A huge Jerry Craft fan. That's great. What can your fans look forward to next? I've gotten this question like the whole pandemic for every interview. And I feel like every interview I, I said basically nothing. <laughs> I'm taking a break. You know, we're in a pandemic. Like who has time to write? Shout out to those writers who have been able to write during the pandemic. But I have been serving as my son's personal assistant for most of it. But I have to say, I'm very excited because I took a little mommy break. I am in Shahola right now Ooh. in the very house that Muted takes place in, Denver's house in Shahola. And I know this won't be a part of the podcast, but if you can see like the charts and stuff on the wall. Wow. I'm writing again. <laughs> wow. Sometimes you just got to go back home. Got to go back to your roots where the magic started. And this is where I spent um, a good portion of my time last summer writing the songs, getting the music together for the audio book. And, um, and it feels really good. So I am working on something. It's a picture book. And uh, I think you'll be hearing more about that soon. I can't wait. Tammy, thank you so very much for talking with me today. It's been a joy and it's been incredible to discover your work. Thank you. My great thanks again to Tammy Charles for joining me today. And thank you for listening. To learn more about Tammy and her recent works, Muted and All Because You Matter, check the show notes or go to scholastic.com slash podcast. 
Special thanks to producer Bridget Benjamin, associate producer Constance Gibbs, sound engineer Daniel Jordan, and music composer Lucas Elliott Eberl. I'm Suzanne McCabe. We look forward to sharing more Scholastic Reads next time. <laughs>